I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the mini break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, January 16th, with less than 24 hours to go before the start of the year's first Grand Slam event. There's just one thing left for us to do here at Crack Rackets. That, of course, is preview both the men's and women's singles draws at the 2022 Australian Open. If you missed any of our other preview content, rest assured, you can find it all on our website, crackrackets.com. We talked about the men's and women's contenders, dark horses, talked about the Americans, the players we're irrationally excited for, and so much more over the past week on our various Crack Rackets podcasts. Of course, if you look on your mini break podcast feed today, you will not only see this episode, but of course, our other episode discussing the men's draw. Spent about an hour and a half breaking it all down with my friend, Jamie. McDonald. But of course, here on this episode, we're talking about the women's draw. And as on every draw preview, we're going to answer five big questions per quarter of the draw. We're going to talk about the first round matches that intrigue us the most, talk about the seeds on upset alert, talk about the dangerous unseeded players. We're going to offer one bold take per section. And then of course, we're going to offer our predictions, not just for each quarter, but for how we see the 2022 Australian Open playing out. And of course, if we're going to do a draw preview, if we're going to be previewing a Grand Slam here at Cracked Rackets. You know we are going to turn to this contributor at some point during the week. You know him as a writer for our platform, for various other platforms as well. Our friend David Gertler joining me today to get into the nitty-gritty of all things Australian Open women's singles draw. We offer our predictions, and folks, it definitely gets a little funky on this podcast. I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy the depth we go to. Of course, as always, no one can nerd out quite like David Gertler. So this is an episode I am confident all of you listeners will enjoy. Of course, two more quick things before we get to that conversation. A, what are our preview and content plans? Preview plans, that's in the rearview mirror. What are our content plans, excuse me, for the 2022 Australian Open? We're going to be doing three things every day. A, mini break podcasts recapping each of the day's action. B, GSP Ace of the Day segments offering picks for all the action. Try to put some money in all of your listeners' pockets. And then, of course, uh, for our Crack Rackets Patreon family, the third thing we're going to be doing, offering Crack Rackets Match of the Day segments, where I talk about the match that interests me most on any given day of the event. All of those things are going to be available on our website, crackrackets.com, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Of course, these mini-break episodes would not be made possible without your consistent and constant support for our work. Of course, a huge shout-out as well to our friends over at Tennis Point. Latest and greatest equipment, all in one location. Location, tennis-point.com promo code CR15 gets you 15% off all sale items a free uh, two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75 best of all a free can of Wilson extra duty tennis balls tennis dash point symbol not the spelling tennis-point.com the promo code is CR15 with all of that said let's get to it talking women's draw preview with the one and only David Gertler I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion to our Cracked Racket shows. Of course, you know him as a contributor to our website, CrackedRackets.com, to Last Word on Tennis, Popcorn Tennis, his All About Tennis blog. Of course, I know him as a fellow diehard Michigan fan, diehard Pelicans fan, just diehard sports fan. It is my friend, David Gertler. David, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is always a pleasure. I wouldn't have felt right if we had gone through this entire preview podcast series without getting you on the show, and so it feels fantastic to get you here for the finale of them all. You ready for some hot takes? Uh, Oh, David, I have heard so many of the same takes over and over and over again. (laughs) I am dying for some hot takes. So yes, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. And look, obviously, as we enter this 2022 Australian Open, you know, something we've talked about for years here as a theme of what was occurring on the tours is the generational shift uh, in both the men's and women's game. And obviously, we're focusing on the women's draw here in this show. So as that as a general generational shift excuse me pertains to the women I feel like we're there like I feel like we can put the term shift to bed it's happened the next wave is here that Hala Pliskova at 29 years old feel like the veterans Muguruza 27 feels like the veteran even Madison Keys who's my age at age 26 feels like a veteran coming back to win a title in the later stages of her career this week I feel like the generational shift has happened David so who do you think has replaced who who are you saying Radu Canood? Are you saying uh... I would say it's a blend, and that's what makes this generation so exciting. That's what makes the on court so ex- product so exciting is we don't have a clear cut, definitive hierarchy. I think Naomi well, Osaka has certainly established herself as one of, if not the defining force on hard courts. I think Ashley Barty has proven, okay. regardless <laughs> of the surface, she is going to be in the mix as well. And then I think you have a bunch of people nipping at the bit, whether it be the Halops, Pliskovas, that generation of the world, whether it be the Muguruzas of the world, the Krejcikovas, Sakaris, Bedosas, or even younger than that, the Goths well, and the Tossins you see emerging. Now, they may not be winning Grand Slams, David, okay. but they are absolutely the story week in, week out. And so I think, you know, again, I just think the shift has happened. Like, the, it's, the story is no longer Generation Pliskova and Keys. It's this next wave of people. Well, we'll see. You know, you see a Keys, uh, I, I actually agree with you. I think she's set for big tournament. Um, so maybe we'll be going back to Generation Keys uh, soon. Well, very but soon. That's, but that, to your point, that's what makes this even more exciting is that, yes, we have the next generation here as well. But that generation's not going anywhere. Like Keys and Sloane Stevens, again, Muguruza, Pliskova, Halep, they're still playing. Even Kerbers of the world are still playing some really good tennis. Like Belinda Bencic feels like a veteran, right, David? I think that's not Absolutely. a rude assessment to say. You know, you look for Belinda Bencic, she's still 24 years old. Like, by no stretch of the imagination is she in the back half of her playing career. And so 
that it's just again the depth obviously is perhaps more emphasized even than the generational shift but i think that depth is accentuated or accentuates the fact that we have multiple generations nipping at the bit here right and so i think that's what makes this tournament so exciting i guess final thoughts on this go to you um sure but at the same time who do we expect to win probably osaka or barty right uh, well, that speaks to the new hierarchy that may have emerged, and yes, and really, Barty. Yeah, well, yeah. we can explore that here, and of course, less draw drama on the women's side than the men's side. You look overall heading into this event uh, via the uh, excuse me um, DraftKings sportsbook odds, futures odds to win the title. Barty, pretty comfortable favorite at plus two seventy five, although not overwhelming. Certainly, Osaka next at plus six fifty. Worth noting, they're in the same section of the draw. Muguruza plus twelve hundred. Fiontech plus 1200 what to me was so worthwhile because you know anything beyond 50 to 1 is really ridiculous 50 to 1 in a grand slam tournament is not that ridiculous odds if you've been following this closely I believe there's like 18 players David or 20 players within those 50 to 1 odds speaks to the depth right now excuse me 24 players are within 50 to 1 odds That speaks to the depth, the openness of this draw, and that's what's going to make this podcast so exciting. And, of course, on these draw previews, we've got a structure. We stick to the game plan here at Crack Rackets. We're going to go through each of the sections of the draw, breaking down uh, the most interesting first-round matches in each section, talking about the seeds on upset alert, talking about the unseeded players we think can make some runs. Of course, those two things inevitably intertwined. We're going to offer one bold take per section as well and then we will get into our predictions before that said well you know what i don't want to give any spoilers so i was going to ask who do you have as the favorites entering this event but i suppose we'll find out as we get into this draw preview with that in mind let's start at the top of the draw monday's action the barty quarter of the draw of course we'll start with the most interesting first-round matches. Just some nuggets for all of you listeners. I'm going to refer to the odds via our friends at Tennis Abstract quite frequently. Their ELO rating, the draw forecast, offering us percentages most likely to capture the match. Of course, those percentages based very heavily on the more recent results. I think you look at the betting odds. Some of those can be skewed based on name value. You look at this section of the draw only two matches, uh, excuse me, three matches are within the 60-40 framework, but we have our closest first round according to the math on the board here. That's the Diana Yastrzemska madison Brangle first round match, Yastrzemska. The ultimate contrast Con- styles, right? Absolutely. And, you know, again, Yastrzemska, 50.2%, Brangle, 498 You look elsewhere, Kaya Yuvan, 52% over Zinevska, uh, excuse me, she's at 48 And then you've also got Paulini, a 55% favorite over Elena Gabriela Russa. Those on paper, or I should, I suppose, via the math, are the most interesting matchups of the section. David, what are the ones you're going to be watching most closely? Well, the first one, I want to see how Ashley Barty plays. Um, Serenko is not going to do anything to hurt her, but I just want to see where her level's at. Is she looking more like the Wimbledon Ash Barty or the U.S. Open Ash Barty? You know, and how does she handle the pressure of her home Grand Slam, which she has not handled that well in the past? You mentioned uh, yeah, Stremska Brangle. For me, that's going to be so fun. You know, who who wins that? Uh, who wins that type of sty- stylistic clash between the ultra-aggressive Yastrzemska and the super 
not pusher, but super defensive uh, Wrangle. Um, another one that I'm looking at that you didn't mention. Two more, actually, okay? Uh, yeah, you ready? Um, Always. Pagula Kalanina is going to be close, I think. Yes, uh, I agree. Pagula has not opened the season well. She's 0 for 4 in sets. Um, lost to Begu and Caroline Garcia. And I think Caroline Garcia is a bad loss at this point. Um, I don't know where her game's at, but Kalanina is so consistent from the baseline she gets such great depth on her shot she's not going to give anything away so Pagula who made the quarterfinals last year is really going to have to go for it uh it really like she's going to have to play well um and then the other one how about this one this is a more like uh hipstery one I guess um Sash- I like it Sashnovich playing uh Kinwen Zhang and um have you seen Kinwen recently she really hits the ball incredibly hard no, I mean, was excellent in her qualifying run to get to the main draw. I mean, I like all of those matches, David, and I love that you point out the Barty one first because Serenko comes in with a lot of momentum in qualifying. And, you know, it's funny, you look at Ashley Barty, talk about a ho-hum run to the first title of the season, beats Coco Goff in three sets of match I think ages well. I think Goff's playing very well to start the season Beat Sonia Kennan, who's not playing her best tennis, but wins that match in straight sets and looked demonstrably better in the Kennan match than she did against Goff. Played the best first four games of tennis I've ever seen uh, against Iga Sviantek. Ultimately wins that match two and four. Iga played a great match. Barty was just better. And then knocks off an inform Rabakina, three and two in the final on her way to the title. I think Ashley Barty played progressively better and better. Most importantly, she was moving better throughout the course of the match. I don't think she can, again, slow start to a degree, fine, because it's Serenko, but she's got to be playing closer to the back half of the week. as uh, She was the back half of the first week than she was at the start of the week uh, in her draw. Actually, you know, to be honest, first three rounds aren't horrible. It's after that that things get particularly tricky, but that's an interesting one one for you to circle. It's just for that one. I think it'll get tricky for that round of 16, and then she can make it there, you know, and she plays a Sakari or Jabor. She won't have any problems with either of them. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, some other ones I would point out. Uh, I think Claire Lou's been playing some good ball against Kudermatova. I think, given we don't know the health of Own Jabor, that Parisa's Diaz matchup not going to be easy. I mean, Osaka's got a tough run just period, but it starts out against Camilo Osorio, who obviously ended the year on fire. And so, you know, one of the many talented youngsters on tour, that is no gimme for Osaka in match number one. You know, the other one, well, go ahead. You don't think that she's going to, like, let's just say she played like she did against Cornet, uh, or, you know, a week or two ago. Um, She's going to blow, there's no, she's going to blow Osorio Serrano off the court. Uh, I don't I know. Here's the thing. Osorio Serrano, I agree she has the weapons, obviously, to have the advantage. But I think Osorio Serrano, it just makes things difficult on you. We'll play you into the outer thirds of the court, mix in the drop shots, the slices. And the problem is if you leave that ball short, Osaka makes you pay. But it's match yeah. number one. And will she make Osorio pay? I don't know. Yeah. That's the qu- That's why it's interesting to me. Yeah, no, I totally get it. That whole little section with Benchis and Nisimova. Fascinating. Brinkle, I mean, that is the best section in the draw, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a loaded eight. I could not agree with you more. Uh, just two other points I wanted to throw at you quickly. Potapova, Georgie. We just haven't seen Georgie in forever. Potapova can always ball. I'll be watching that one. But to the Kalanina-Pagula point, 
you know, you take it with a grain of salt, right? It's first two matches of the year. Yeah, Pagula didn't look great in either of them. But, you know, Kalanina is, I believe, 46 and 16 in her last 52. Now, 7 and 11 against top 100 and, you know, lost to Ali Risk uh, in Adelaide, loses to Tossin in Melbourne to start this season, gets a win over Kirstea. But I could not agree with you more. For someone who is struggling, you do not want to see Kalanina on the other side of the court. Kalanina, who comes in with so much confidence off of last season. That's a fascinating first-round matchup. This entire section, very, very interesting. And with that in mind, talk to me about the seeds, David, you have on upset alert. Who might be going home from Melbourne a bit early? Uh, Pagula. I have Kalanina winning. Um, and that's 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 really the only C. I mean, yes, Claire Lou, you mentioned. I think Cooter Matober pulls that match out. Um, Sakari was fine. That She got probably one of the easiest uh, draws in the entire field. And Tatyana, Tatyana Maria, who is just not the player she was before, you know, she had a child. Um, let's, I mean, I don't, Georgie is another one. And upset alert, like you said, she's already erratic as is. Now she's coming in having no match prep playing someone Pada Pada had a pretty good start to the year, I, I believe. Um mm-hmm. and so and you know is also a player that gets a lot of balls back. It's kinda of like Kalanina gets a lot of balls back in play, is gonna not beat herself. Um so, you know, Georgie's not at the top of her game, even if she was already had match prep prep and match practice, I think she would struggle. Um Belinda Benchich got an easy job. I can't believe Belinda Benchich is the number 32 seed. Does that not jump as a little low to you? 22. 22. Oh, um, my draw is 32. Okay. No, well, it still feels low, though, still, even at 22. Still feels low, yeah. Gold medalist. Uh, yeah, no, and so I think that um, she got an easy first-round draw against Mladenovic, who was completely out of form, but... After that, Inisimova, Osaka, Barty is the most likely her road. That is, you cannot pick a harder draw than that, huh? Yeah, and it's brutal. Absolutely brutal. For uh, No, I would agree with you. I mean, you know, the question is how healthy is Own Jabour? Because I do think Prezes Diaz will make that match physical. The question is mm-hmm. if Jabour is healthy... Prezes Diaz doesn't hit a big enough ball to hurt her. And that's just where if you give Shabur time to get into her bag of tricks, she's going to just crush you over the course out of two or three sets. Mm-hmm. But Kaya Yuvan, sneaky, you know, I think Kaya Yuvan is a poor man's Belinda Bencic. Like, I think there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. I think Yuvan can get closer to that. She just strikes the ball so cleanly. And again, that's a tough matchup for Jabour. If she gets, if Yuvan can get through her first round, even. How much stock do you put into her win over Sabalenka? Kai Yuvan's? Uh-huh. Well, what was amazing is Sabalenka almost won both of her matches despite the double faults. I mean, I've been on the Kaya Yuvan train for a bit, and you look for Yuvan. I believe she followed up that Sabalenka victory. Oh, no, she ends up dropping to Misaki Doi. You're right, loses in qualifying the next week, or pulls out, whatever that may be. I'm just, I, she has not played great of late, but it's a ball-striking thing. When I watch Kaya Yuvan play... Again, I think the best version of her looks very, very good, and she's still only twenty years, uh, you know, twenty-one years old. If it's going to click, I think this is a big season for it too. She's eighty-five, eighty-six in the rankings, hovering, you know, getting off to a solid start to her year, and I think she made third round here last year. Pretty important for the ranking. That would be the other one I circle. 
What about my girl Ecat, Ekaterina Alexandrova? Like, that's not an easy second round or Bernardo Pera for Pagula should she even get through the Kalnina match either. All of that is to say, I agree with you. I think Pagula is the obvious name you circle here just given her struggles early on. But obviously, you know, I think Kalnina is someone we've talked about. Any other dangerous unseated players you would point to? Um, you mentioned Alexandrova when her serve and when her serve is firing, uh, she's one of the you know toughest players to play. She can really shrink the court for you as she dominates the baseline. I think uh, whoever wins Sasnovich, uh, I really think Sasnovich really surprised me in the warm up. She really she was a set away from winning uh, over Nisimova in the warm up tournament. Um, she keep you know she, people keep underrating her and she keeps exceeding expectations and she doesn't really do anything that great but at the same time she's not going to beat herself she's she can hit a winner when the opportunity presents itself she's a really solid player uh and so she's someone i also have my eye on um but again not an easy first round against uh kinwin zhang if she's hitting the ball if she's not spraying on four stairs yeah, no, I mean, obviously the name we haven't mentioned very much, although I know you referenced it, Amanda Nisimova is going to be everyone's pick, everyone's pick to do some damage here in this draw. And look, she's serving well. She can go strike for strike with a Belinda bench. She does have the power to even go strike for strike, maybe not quite at 100%, but we'll say 85% of what Naomi Osaka is able to do as well. I mean, we saw it against Pliskova at the U.S. Open last year. What a fun match that was. And Isimova coming off of her first title since 2019 in the first week of the season. You have to throw that name out there. But, David, if you're going to have a bold take about this section, what's it going to be? Uh, you know, I don't—for this section, I don't have too many bold takes. Uh, I, I really don't. Um Pagula losing in the first round is really the only thing bold I can say. For me, besides that, I, I don't see a ton of surprises. Like I, Osaka, I won't win the title. You won't win the title this year because she's not making it out of this section. Is that bold? Uh, or not really, huh? I mean, it's not bold if you have Barty beating her. Like that's that's pretty yeah standard. <laughs> I mean, bold would be if you ever lose into Yastremska round two. That would be bold. And well, I, I mean. Let's just say it's the best version of Yastrzemska. What a gauntlet it would be if Osaka goes like Camilla Osorio, then the best version of Diana Yastrzemska, then one of Ben Chichur and Isimova, then Barty, then Sakari, then like a Krechikova, then whomever comes out of the bottom half. That would be an all-time run. Like talk about runs in history I mean, yeah so osaka's got some that's the bold take is that naomi osaka is going to make history with the best grand slam no that's not even bold though because she's i think pretty definitively the best player on hard courts in women's tennis when she plays her best tennis yeah now i don't have yastrzemska even being brangle i did not like what i saw from yastrzemska against martin kova uh she took and not that yastrzemska no i agree with you she has not looked good of late not you know she took that medical time out against Martin Kova too. I who knows if that was legitimate or not, but uh, it is something to keep an eye on. And she really was kind of bailing out of rallies. It was really hot when she played Martin Kova, but it was just something I kept my eye on. I'm like, okay, when I saw she played Brangle, I'm like, okay, Brangle's going to drive her nuts. I think my hot take is that Ekaterina Alexandrova is going to make the quarterfinals, and wow. I don't feel great about that take. And I'm not going to end up predicting it. But that would be the bold take, is that there's absolutely a path for her to do it. Because, again, how healthy is Onjabur? If she's not healthy and Pagula's not playing her best tennis, 
Sakari is not playing her best tennis. Kudermatova is an interesting pick as well. But, like, that bottom half of this section is wide freaking open. And yeah. so I think – I guess my bold take is that neither Sakari nor Jabour is going to come out of that bottom half of the section of the draw. Like, that's where things – it could be an, an Alexandrova, Yuvan, God willing, and Claire Lou. Like, I think that's the section where things get funky. Do you think Sasnovich could do it? Absolutely. And wouldn't it make sense? Like, that's a perfect name to put it. The problem is that makes too much sense. And so the moment yeah. you start to think Sasnovich <laughs> can do it, she can't do it. But with that in mind, let's get to the predictions. Who you got coming out of this section? Give me quarterfinals. Ultimately, who's in the semis? I have Barty, Sakari, and I have Barty winning. I, it's a little chalk, I know. I, and actually, people, you know, when I, whenever I do, like, pools and stuff, everyone's like, oh, you always just take the favorites. And, and so I try, you know, I try not to, but uh, at the I think I mean I just don't no I just think Sakari is the best in that bottom in that second sixteenth or eighth of the draw and I think Barty is just the best player in the draw right now um, and so like you said Jabor has the health issue and I you know I could see Sakari outlasting her in the heat anyways um, but yeah no it could be Alexandrova it could be a Sasnovich it could be a Yuvon you know it'll be interesting to see and that's and I'm excited to see I can't believe of all people you David Gertler you go chalk in the first section of this draw preview that is the most shocking development maybe in our podcasting relationship I can't believe it I got roasted so badly because in Bull Mania I picked a lot of like the higher percentages <laughs> and the uh, and the favorites and I, I you're just picking favorites and I'm like well you know it's working pretty well I was like in the 99th percentile now I ended up losing but that just you stuff. who scoffs at the favorites <laughs> scoffs at them I'm shocked David I am shocked I'm going Osaka. I think she is the best. Her best is the best on hard courts, and I think I saw close enough to that best in her first week of competition. That look, she's going to need it right away. Again, the draw is absolutely brutal in that top half, and will be absolutely brutal seven match gauntlet if she's to get back to defending this Grand Slam title. But I think she's going to do it. I do think that's the quarterfinal that gets funky. I'm not taking Jabour. <sighs> Am I going to just fold and take Sakari and be boring? I mean, I just don't know how— If Maria Sakari plays anything close to her best tennis, she should cruise to the quarterfinals. You know what? I'm going to bet on her, finding her form. You're right, David. You've convinced me. Let's stick a little chalk here. It, I know— There's no one, you know, Sasnovich could do it. Kudermertova could do it. But, like, are you really going to pick one of them to beat her, you know? The top <laughs> quarters in both draws are the most confusing because, obviously, without Djokovic, it's like there's a world where Tommy Paul does it, where Gael Monfils does it, Carreno Busta does it, healthy Elkaraz does it, Berrettini if healthy. Like, and now in this section— Barty, Osaka, Benchich, you can make a case for Anisimova without getting laughed at. And then the bottom half, who knows? It's a fascinating section of the draw. That's why we spent 20 minutes on it. Yeah, no, I mean, it is just that I could, we could talk, I could, you know, we could talk about that little area with Osaka, Benchich, and Anisimova. That could be a two hour podcast just talking about the different permutations there. Uh, no, it's going to so be fascinating. I love I'm, this top court. When I saw, I, I, I like geeked out when I saw Benchitz, Anisimova, because I was all ready to pick Anisimova as my like dark horse quarterfinalist. And then I saw that draw and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I would also add this, um, you know, 
I think if you moved, if you split those three players and you put, you know, a, a Nisimova in the bottom quarter with soccer and you put Benchic in that second quarter or that quarter on top of them, I think all four of those players, Benchic, Barty, Osaka, uh, and Onisimova would advance to the round of 16 out of this section. Like three of those four players are in one group of eight. And so, yeah, this group is going to get exciting. With that in mind, let's move on to quarter number two, the Barbara Krejcikova quarter. Of course, Krejcikova coming off of a final last week. Oh, by the way, just quickly worth mentioning, according to our friends at DraftKings, odds to come out of the top quarter, Barty plus 150, Osaka plus 300, Sakari plus 900, Anisimova and Shabur plus 900 as well, Benchich 12 to 1, Pagula 14 to 1, then Kudermatova, Ekat 25 to 1, big drop off after that, but odds pretty close in that first quarter. In the second quarter, your top seed, Barbara Krejcikova, slight underdog to emerge, according to our friends at DraftKings, the favorite in this section. Yeah, there he is. David ready to now disagree, sort of, with the favorites. Just a second favorite, though, here in Paula Bedosa. Bedosa, plus 400. Then Goff, Krejcikova, plus 450. Azarenka, plus 700. Drop-off then, Svitolina, 12-1. to 1. Keys, 14-1 to 1 is interesting. Kenan, Kostyuk, 16-1. to 1. Ostapenko, 20-1. to 1. You look via our friends at Tennis Abstract. They have, as the favorite, to emerge out of this section, Paula Bedosa as well they give her uh i believe oh excuse me no the favorite to advance out of the section victoria Azarenka, according to our friends at tennis abstract after huh. that uh comes Krech- I don't agree with uh, that. Yeah. after that comes bedosa after that comes krechikova followed by uh elena svitolina in that mix as well you look at again the seeds in this section it's loaded krechikova ostapenko Azarenka, svitolina kenan goff cerebez tormo and bedosa Obviously, we start with the most interesting first-round matches, and according to our friends at Tennis Abstract, by the percentages, closest matches in this section, Madison Keys, a 56.1% favorite over Sonia Kennan. Uh, you look elsewhere, Donna Vekic, 53% favorite over Ali Risk. Uh, outside of that, you know, you have a couple 60-40s. Those are your only two really close within that 55-ish, 45-ish margin but this is an interesting section. There are a lot of good seeds in this section of the draw. And, of course, you throw in Madison Keys, who essentially will act as a seed should she win her first-round match over Sonia Kennan. I don't know how interesting this section is on day one, David, but I know moving through the tournament, I think this one gets particularly juicy. With that in mind, though, your most interesting first-round matches. It's got to be Keys-Kennan. Um, For sure. Because, and this I, might be the most interesting to... first-round match, period. Yeah, and I just want to see how, you know, can Keys keep up? Because here's the thing about Keys is she's always had the power. The control she showed this past week was like, holy crap, if she can, you know, if she can win that, if she can keep this up, she can win the whole Australian Open. That's how good she was. Watching her just take the racket out of, of you know, opponents' hands was just so impressive to me. Um, so that's a match to look out for. Um you're right. I, I, I'm looking more to the second round more than the first round. Um, I'd like to see Mar- Martich Teichman could be pretty good. Um, I think that Teichman's one of those under the radar players. People forget how she, well she can play on our court. But in in uh, Cincinnati, she had that run as you remember. Um, uh, um, that was just 
you know, that lefty forehand. Beat Osaka there. Well. Three sets. Yeah, she just drove players nuts with her consistency. And think she beat Benchich, too. Think yeah. she beat Benchich off the Olympics. She was on fire. So here's a hot take for you. I think that she beat <laughs> Azarenka in the second round. That is. So it's interesting because Teichman has not played particularly well to start the year. If you watched week number one, yeah, I know Vika loses in three sets ultimately to um, who'd she lose to in week number? Iga Sviantek. But if you watched her beat Bedosa in that first round match, how well she was striking the ball eerily similar to that 2020 U.S. Open, Western and Southern Open run. And she's not moving quite as well as she did there. But she is playing very good tennis. We just haven't seen much of Teichman yet in 2022. So I would be wary of that prediction. But I do think, again, if Teichman works through Martich, that's why that's an interesting first-round matchup. Now we got to start talking, right? And so that one, that is intriguing to me. This is a complete reverse but, like, Faro and Svitolina is interesting to me simply because I have, like, neither player is playing particularly well. No. And Svitolina seemed to gather some momentum at the end of last season, has not played great to start this year. Faro has just not played well, period, over a nice stretch of time now. And so I want to see her bounce back because she has a lot of tools in the toolbox to have success. I think Tomjanovic, Bedosa, obviously inherently interesting. Bedosa's playing good ball right now. Donna Vekic, when we last saw her, she was winning a WTA title. Ali Risk coming off of a WTA final. Those are two players looking to start their years the right way. So I think that one's interesting. Risk played three games from the quarterfinals to the final. It's true. It's very true. How much stock can we really put into that? No, it's, it's a fair point to make. And look, again, I think I think this entire uh entire section is interesting because we haven't seen Vekic play much either. And so that's one to watch. Smidova versus Ostapenko. I think that's an interesting one. You never know which Ostapenko you're going to get. If it's the good Ostapenko, not only can she beat Smidova, she can beat Krechikova, she can beat Azarenka, she can beat anyone in this section. It's an interesting one. So with that in mind, give me the seeds on upset alert. Who are you most worried about? For the first, so this is one where, like, in the second round, I think this Yeah, evening, give it to me broadly. First week okay. upsets. So, first round, keys, I have beating Kennan, and I don't even think it'll be that close. I'm not, a, you know, Kennan's serve is not where it needs to be right now, and um, I just think that keys, with the way, you know, she was playing last week, it's really hard to pick against her at this point. Um, second round, like I said, I have Azarenko losing, also Spinalina losing to Yulia Putinseva. Um Putin Seva, I know, you know, she's an unknown right now, but she always seems to show up for the for the uh, slams. And so I'm kind of banking on that. Um, I would say in terms of other upsets, my well, how, how far ahead do you want? Because my big upset, I guess, is in the round of 16. Um, I mean, give it to me all. I want to hear all your upsets. Okay, I have Keys beating Bedosa in the round of 16. I think, again, I am so okay. high. And you've been talking on Twitter about Mad- Madison mm-hmm. Keys. But I'm very high on Madison Keys. I think she can take the racket out of Bedosa's hands and just completely overwhelm her with power. And I also think in the third round, I have her playing Sara Cerebus Cormo, who is going to grind. I know they're you know good friends, and it'll probably be an awkward match. Um, Cerebus Corma is going to grind Bedosa down big time, kind of leave her a little weak in the legs, and then Keys will finish her off. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think um, 
look, Madison Keys has a test, and because Kennan was striking the ball well. Now, she's not moving particularly well, and I think physically that's going to be the biggest adjustment for her, getting back to where she was in 2020. But that's not an easy first-round match. Goff's playing well. Like, I'm just telling you, she is playing well. And that three-set match was an absolute battle because Goff has found another level as a mover. And her ability to absorb and redirect that pace for Keys and keep Keys stretched in the outer third. And whenever Keys played slice, just her willingness to move forward, hit the swing volley to take time away from Madison Keys, which is ultimately your only way to beat her when she's striking the ball that cleanly. That third-round matchup is must-see TV. Like, if we get there. Because it's always hard to beat a player twice in a row, twice in two weeks. That's what Keys would have to do. I mean, I'm telling you, just don't sleep on Azarenka in that section. From an eye test perspective, she was playing extraordinarily well. And I think that's a section of the draw. Yes, if Teichman's playing well, Teichman can beat her. But I think Azarenka is the one who could do some damage, whether it's knocking off a Svitolina, knocking off a Krejcikova as well. I would say in terms of, again, for Krejcikova not making it to the semifinals, if that counts as an upset, I don't think she's going to be my pick here. I don't know how well Cerebez Tormo's playing. If Kostyuk's in form, she's got the weapons to make Cerebez Tormo play, and she's also got a physicality to her. Like I think that's a second-round upset I will have locked into my draw. Outside of that, though, like, Azarenka's cruising and, you know, Kostyuk beating the number 32 seed, I, I, perhaps my upset here is I don't know how many seeds I have here on upset alert. My dangerous unseeded player would be Marta Kostyuk. I don't know how many more I'd go past that. Who are you looking at? Um, yeah, no, I mean, Kostyuk definitely has a chance, but I just, you know, it's going to be, I just don't, I, maybe it's just because I, I, I'm a, as you know, I'm a huge Cerebus Torma fan. I just think that Cerebus Torma is going to grind her down. And maybe that's me thinking about March Cerebus Torma as opposed to November or October Cerebus Torma where she was leaving, leaving the ball a little shorter and maybe she wore herself down um, by the end of the season. But um, I think that... I, I think that she is always going to be a threat just because of how consistent she is, because of how she can get that backhand slice low and how it's always going to somehow find the court. Um, Alice, I would say Allison Van Oytman could give Coco a match in the second round. Um, and yeah, you you talked about Spitalina and Farrow both being out of form. Um, I think that could be a little close. And I, I just don't see it for Spitalina this time. I and sometimes, you know, too often I've said with her, you know, she's going to, you know, make a final, win a major, whatever, when then she ends up falling short. This time my expectations are totally opposite. I don't, you know, if she makes the second week, it'll be a massively successful tournament in my eyes. Yeah, it's, I, I would agree with that. I think, again, if you're talking for Madison Keys, like, second week's the expectation if you're Madison Keys with her form of late if we're talking the expectation game I do think Kostyuk is dangerous against Bedosa because Bedosa moves she's moving so well and she's so fluid and she doesn't have the biggest weapons but you know or but she just again plays such high percentage tennis changes direction well but because she doesn't have the biggest weapons a locked in Marta Kostyuk, if she can get to round number three, that's a matchup she will be licking her chops for. And she has main character energy. And I just think she's another one of those youngsters you keep your eye on as as we go through the draw. If she can get through Cerebus Tormo, build some confidence. You know, Bedos is a better version of what Cerebus Tormo is going to be doing um, with a, obviously a little more pace injected. She would be 
my most dangerous. Yeah, I mean, her and Keys. Like, there's a world where it's a Keys versus Kostyuk fourth round matchup. I don't think that's an absurd thought. I don't with think that. With that in mind, is that the bold take here? I mean, I know your bold take has to probably revolve around Madison Keys, and I don't even think it's that bold at this point. She's no, my, I, I don't mean, think I, that's bold we talked either. about her on the pod. She was one of my dark horse picks. Yeah, no, I have Krejcikova Keys as my, the quarterfinal, and I have Keys winning it. Um, yeah. I think I think that's pretty bold. I'll take I'm just it. A, I'm just a little worried that I'm overrating Keys, and then she'll show up against Kennan and just start spraying errors like you know, the Madison keys of the past, but I can't ignore what I'm with, what I've been seeing and in, in the results that she's been having. And I, and I'm going to trust her. And she made the sem- semifinals of the Australian open before she's been here. She really was close to winning that first set against Serena back in 2014, I believe it was, or 2015. Um, and so she has the experience and I think she does it again and makes another semifinal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's it's fair. I mean, I, it's again, it's it's bold, but it's very very feasible. In terms of the predictions, because we've gotten there, and I'm sorry, say that one more time. You have keys knocking out who? Krejcikova. Okay, I again, I like that you're keeping it somewhat conventional with the Krejcikova pick. That works for me. Um, I mean, Krejcikova is so sneaky excellent, and I've used these stats on a couple of pods, but, you know, 11 of her last 15 losses are to players currently in the top 10. 14 of the 15 are to players in the top 25. If you're not top 25, not top 10, you're just not beating her right now. You look at her section of the draw, though, Vika's one of those players playing well. If she's got the weapons, if she is in form, she can absolutely knock off Krejcikova. I don't think she's going to do it, though. I think Krejcikova gets to the quarterfinals as well. There's going to be chaos on this bottom section. I mean, I hate to agree with you. Like, if we both pick keys def- taking out Krejcikova, boy, That's is like that the, boring. The, the bad omen. Uh, the bad keys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the horrible, uh, horrible news for keys, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll take Krejcikova. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Krejcikova over Goff. I think the Goff push is coming. I've talked myself okay. into it. I think it's really hard to beat a player twice in a row. I think Goff knocks off Keys in that third round, rides that momentum to knock off uh, uh, to knock off Bedosa in round number four. But then I think Krejcikova knocks her off. So I'm going to take Krejcikova to knock off Goff. That's an in-the-moment, spur-of-the-moment take. Uh, with that in mind, let's move on the bottom half of the draw the Muguruza quarter of the draw and of course I know uh, I mentioned these periodically we'll start with the DraftKings odds for the quarter winner Muguruza Rabakina tied at plus 400 as the favorites entering this section of the draw Halla plus 450 Conteve plus 500 so a pretty definitive power four here and four players certainly capable of winning the whole damn thing. You look elsewhere, Danielle Collins, plus 1,400. Radakanu 1,500. Mertens, 16 to 1. Tossin, 16 to 1. Interesting long shots. Konya, 20 to 1. Stevens, 25 to 1. Shelby Rogers, the most interesting of the bunch, at 30 to 1 to do advance you, out of the quarter. Do you Go think ahead. that Stevens is going to be ready to, for this tournament? 
Well, that's something we can get into. It's an interesting question to ask, David. But you look at this section of the draw, again, things could get particularly fascinating as we move through the section. You look at the first round matchups, according to our friends at Tennis Abstract. Only two of them in the 60-40 range. You, both of those in the bottom half, Meyer Sharif, uh, a, uh, excuse me, Heather Watson, a 58% favorite over Meyer Sharif. Aranksa Roos, 53% favorite over number 29 seed Tamara Zidanzik. That said, I still think there are some pretty interesting first-round matches, David. What are you watching most closely? Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I'm going to be watching Annette Contivate because I have been high on Annette Contivate for a while now, probably since the U.S. Open. And so I want to I I see her have a huge breakthrough here. And it, it doesn't start particularly easy with Sydney Akaba. Sydney Akaba... Sometimes, you know, when her flat ground strokes are falling in, um, can be tough uh, to play. She, she's better at doubles. But I still think that that's, that'll tell us, you know, if Contebe drops a set or something, I'm going to start to become concerned. If she wins easily, then I'll know things are on track. Um, I would say you mentioned Rogers Conhu. Conhu? Is that Conia. Konya, okay. Um, I think that'll be interesting. I want to see, you know, Danielle Collins is a former semifinalist here, and she, uh, we haven't heard really anything from her. Dola Hyde is a player who, her first round opponent, huge serve, huge forehand, really has had a lot of potential for a while, but never put it together. Um, so that's a big opportunity for her um, against Collins, who we just don't really know how she's going to play. Um we I think that, first of all, if we're talking about interesting eight, and I apologize for cutting you off, oh, this no, is another one of those interesting eights because for Conteve, murderer's row to get to yeah. even the quarterfinals. To get through Sinyakovo, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Let's hope Clara Tossin is healthy if she is one of the most informed players on tour, one of the rising stars certainly in the game, has the weapons to make any match interesting. Whether it's Collins or Shelby Rogers, who I thought looked amazing, in her first week of play, Anaconia, always dangerous, one of the most beautiful backhands you'll find in women's tennis. Any of those three, Caroline Dahlheide hits a big ball. I don't think she's quite there, but Konya, Rogers, Collins, Tossin, Sinyakova, like all of those players just to get to the fourth round. And then potentially Elena Rabakina, who I think is a lot of people's faux dark horse pick and she's not a dark horse she's just a contender at this point that's your fourth round matchup then you get to a potential Halep or a Muguruza whatever it may be we talked about what Osaka has the potential to do you could say the exact same thing about Annette Conteve not quite I think as brutal as Osaka's but by no stretch of the imagination easy oh no Conteve has been dominating the baseline in just about every match she's played since the U.S. Open. Um, it's been so impressive. And again, like I said before, I'm so high on her. And I really think this is a great opportunity for her. The draw is not easy, but if she can make it through, like we were saying with Osaka, you know, if she can make it through that type of draw, then, you know, by the time she gets to the late state of the tournament, she's going to be really tough to beat. Um Looking and we tell you tell you mentioned Halep and Muguruza. We've barely heard anything about, especially Halep, about anything about them. Um, and they're both contenders for sure. Um, Halep, it would potentially play Radu Canu or Stevens in the third round. I don't think either would. She would struggle with either. Um, Stevens Radu Canu is another uh, interesting first round matchup. Uh, 
more so for what's going on off the court than on the court. Um, and then Muguruza Burrell. I, I, I like Clara Burrell. I think that she it's not going to be a walk in the park for Muguruza. Clara Burrell can hit a big ball, and she can she can hang in there, I think, against the Spaniard. What do you think? I mean, I think that's a fun one. It really just comes down to which Muguruza wants to show up because the Muguruza who beat Ekaterina Alexandrova in like 25 minutes, that Muguruza can win the tournament. The Muguruza who got worked around the court by Kasekin and let the errors pile up, that Muguruza we've seen struggle in first weeks. And I think for Muguruza, if she gets to week two, because you look at this section of the draw, again, 90% favorite over Burrell. And Alize Cornet or Tomova, whoever would be around two, she should be the favorite over. But that's the sort of match she slips up in so frequently. And I do think whether it's Roos or whomever, Zidanzik, like I think by that match she finds her in them. I think Zidanzik would be the best matchup for Muguruza in round number three. I mean, the th- so I have the Garbine theory, which is the moment you expect her to win a tournament, she's losing second, third round. But the moment you counter out, that's when she goes on the run like she did in Guadalajara. I mean, Burrell's one of those tricky ones. I think she gets through that. I think Muguruza's is on a mission. Like, I think she gets to week number two. And if she gets to week two, look out rest of the field. She was a point away from beating Osaka last year. Yeah, she she, really... I thought she was the best player through the first three months of the season. Yeah, I mean, she... She's someone that we do tend to over, you know, we're, we're overlooking, and I, she has a big shot. Halep will be, Halep Contevate to get out of this quarter would be very tough. Um, that would not be easy, and I don't personally think she, she she's going to make it out of this section, but she has a, she has a decent shot for sure. Yeah, and... and- it's just an interest. again, it's interesting, right? So when you talk about the seeds on upset alert, who are you looking at? Well... I would say, well, who am I looking at or who do I think makes the upset? Um, I want to hear, give me both. Okay, because I, I, I'm a little, I have no idea what's going on with Danielle Collins. Um, <laughs> I think that she probably wins, but who knows? She could come out and just start spraying unforced errors and it would not surprise me at all. I have Elise Mertens beating Zvonareva, but I was extremely unimpressed with what I saw from her in the warm-up events. Um, and when she played Kazakina, Kazakina played pretty well, but Mertens was missing a lot. She was not; she was just not so, the solid player that I came to expect from her, that I've come to expect from her. Um, I, I, again, I have Rada Kanu, I would not have beat many players in the draw. She drew one of the few players I have winning her beating um, just because Sloan Stevens got married over the uh, break. And I doubt she's been focused that much on tennis. Um, again, nothing wrong with that, but I don't think not that the Roddy canoe seems to be that fo- you know, focused on tennis either. Um, at least seems to be, but uh, I think that Roddy canoe could lose that, but I think she will probably win. I don't have Roddy Canoe going any further than the third round when she would play Halep. Um, that's really, I mean, Z- Roos is another. You mentioned the 53% for Zidane, for her to beat Zidansek. If Zidansek is healthy, I think she wins that match, though. Um, what do you think? 
It's tough. Like, Zidonsic moves... First of all, right now, it's all gravy for tomorrow, Zidonsic. Everything before the French Open semifinal, she's got the one WTA final uh, to contend with as well. But, like, she's just racking up points right now. Talk about someone... It's like Christian Green last year, where he could have made a top 10 push had he played... You know, better than what, like three and ten on hard courts. If Zidancic just goes like seven and six through the first three months of the season, she'll be top twenty because she just has that many points available to her to gain right now. Just pure ads. I think she's playing. I think that's just a good match. Like I, that's a pick 'em. That's an over two and a half setter for sure. And so I think Watson Sharif, same thing. I think that's a really fun one. I think Beatrice Haddad Maya volley nets. That's a fun one for the hipsters. <laughs> In terms of the seeds on upset alert. Like, again, Zivana Reva, I guess, because Mertens isn't playing particularly well right now. But you mentioned it. Like, Danielle Collins is the one you circle right away in the first couple of days. Or unless Tawson can beat Conte, because I think Rodgers and Konya would both be favorited over Collins, just given how we haven't seen her play thus far. I think Shelby should be expected to get to the third round. Like, that's how well I thought she was playing. I think she has fourth-round points to defend here as well. Stop it. Such a tough. You know, Tanya could, you know, is not an easy first round matchup at all. Well, I agree with you, but if she gets through that, again, it's indicative of how well she'll be playing at that point. I think either of those players should knock out Collins. That's that's the broader point I try to make. Those are probably them. Tossin, obviously, you know, and then maybe Zivanareva, your your uh, most dangerous unseeded Tossin players. retired in the warm up tournament, right? Yeah, uh, it was, but I think it was the first week, not the second week. And so, you know, again, she's got some time, hopefully, to have gotten healthy since then. Uh, that's obviously something for us to find out. Do you have a bold take about this section? Um, I think that if it's not contemplated, it's going to be Rabakina. Um, who wins the section? Uh, I think whoever I, wins that fourth round match wins the section. Um, I, 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 I love you, David. That's not bold at all. That's just fact. That's just well, factual. When the other half of the section includes Halep and Muguruza, you know, it's kind of bold, maybe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I mean, Rabakina just played so. I mean, Rabakina just has fu sort of power, right? And it's yeah. just like when she's on her front foot. And she's striking forehands, even just center of the court, like mid rally cross court forehands. You're just like, whoa, what was that? Like, how did you do that? And so, yeah, I don't think it's bold to have her advancing. Bold would be like Katie Volinets out grinds Halep and and goes on a Brooksby like run. Shout out <laughs> Joe Gilbert. Um, I mean, Simona Halep's played really good ball of late. That backhand is amazing. Yeah. I think she's going to for sure get to the fourth round. I think Muguruza does as well. It's not a bold take, but I did this on the men's pod, so I'm going to do this here as well. My bold, not bold take is that all of the seeds, except for Danielle Collins, advance to the third round, right? And all the seeds, everything about this section, no, fourth round two hold seeds. So it's going to be Conteve versus Rabakina. It's going to be Halep versus Muguruza. That doesn't happen very frequently. On the that's WTA what I had too. I have this exact same random. Yeah. That that's why when you talked about upsets, I was looking at my draw and I'm like, wait a second, I don't have any of the seeds losing in the first. Well, grand. you know, David, this is still a WTA Grand Slam. Like, I know. Yeah, I feel like I have more upsets in my men's quarterfinals, which is how I know I'm going to be very far off. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, like I think I have Crano Boost advancing out of the top quarter, and it's just like. You know, again, where's my bold pick here on the women's side? Wait, wait, I I have that too. Uh, God, don't tell me that, David. That's devastating to find out. Um, Sorry. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I mean, again, Osaka versus Sakari, not very controversial. Krechikova, Goff, Goff's a little interesting. <sighs> no, I'm just going to stick to the script here. I'm going to take, uh, do I want to pick Muguruza? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Muguruza to advance out of this quarter. I'm going to have her beating Rabakina in that quarterfinal matchup. I don't feel great about it, though, David. What's your pick? I have Contivate over Halep. Uh, I I really, I'm high on Annette. I really am. And I think that this is finally the slam. She's ready. I think she's finally ready for that huge breakthrough. And I think that it happens here. And I, that's just, you know, I've based on what I've watched and the level of play, I think she... I think if she plays Halep, Muguruza will take a good bit out of Halep. Um, but then again, right, Rabakina is going to take a good bit out of Contivate. I think I would love to see that Contivate Rabakina round to 16. For me, that would be fascinating. Um, just to see how Contivate deals with the Rabakina power and just to see if Rabakina can hang in there and, uh, with Contivate from the baseline um, in a big match like this, I think it'd be fascinating. Yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping, again, it's not a bold take. I'm hoping they hold seed because if they do hold seed, things become that much more exciting for us as tennis fans. And so, yeah, I, again, not the boldest takes. And thus, we're – you know what? I hate when people do that. Our takes are going to be 100% correct david we see this just better than everyone else does and so i'm thoroughly confident in all of our selections with that said what to do with the sabalenka quarter your yeah. guess anyone's guess is as good as anyone's obviously arena sabalenka gets embarrassing right <laughs> confoundingly confoundingly poor performances in her first two matches of the 2022 season the serve has fallen apart and yet she still almost won both of the matches and i mean look Via the percentages, she is still the favorite to emerge out of this quarter. Now, she and Iga Sviantek both tied via Tennis Abstract, 3.8%. You look, according to our friends at DraftKings, Sviantek now the favorite, plus 250. Sabalenka, plus 500. Leila Fernandez, 7-1. to one. Kerber, 9-1. to one. Kvitova, Kasakina, both 10-1. to one. Gets a little funky after that. Samsonova, 17-1. to one. Von Drusova, Pavlichenkova, 18-1. to one. This is the one where things could get weird. There's no doubt about it, and you look at this section of the draw, plenty of intrigue both at the start or the finish. You start with the most intriguing first-round matches, of course, via our friends at Tennis Abstract. Rebecca Pedersen, 50.3% favorite over Daria Gavrilova. That's your closest match on the women's board. You look elsewhere, Magda Lynette, 51.6 over Sevastova. Uh, Stozer, 57% over Robin Anderson. That's one for the hipsters. But I actually think it's the broader match. I mean, there are so many intriguing ways to go in this quarter. David, what are you looking at most closely? I want to – well, a few things. Uh, first, I want to see if Petra Kvitova plays better. Um, she was wildly inconsistent and was a mess in the warm-up events. Um, so I want to see if she plays better. Um, Sam Stozer, perhaps the last singles match of her career against Anderson. Anderson played really well in Midland the end of last year. Um I, this is a huge opportunity for her. Um, it won't be easy, you know, in Australia playing Sam in her last match, singles match perhaps of her career, but she will be right in that match. Um, Kerber Kanepi is probably the best first round match. I mean, 
that is a, another contrast in styles. You have Kaya Kanepi who hits the cover off the ball and Angelique Kerber's cover, uh, counter-punching skills. That'll be fun. Who do you have coming out of that one? That's a fascinating first-round matchup. As I mean, that might be the best matchup. It depends which Kanepi do we get. Do we get last year's Kanepi? Uh, do we get l- the end of last year's Kerber or the start of last year's Kerber? Like that's, there's so many unknowns in that match. And so... I mean, probably Kerber, but absolutely Kanepi can win. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking too. I, I have Kerber, but I really don't feel good about it at all. Um, just because of her ability to get hot and just take the racket out of your hands. Um, a couple more, um, if we have time. Uh, yeah, of course. A couple more. Um, actually, three more. I want to see Haley Baptiste. Uh, so badly. She's on my list as well versus Caroline Garcia. That's a fascinating match. That's a very winnable. Garcia, I have not been impressed with for a while. Um, and I think Haley Baptiste, I think she really she really raised her level of playing qualifying. She almost lost in the first round of qualifying to Samantha Murray Sharon. And then she had two really good wins over... Uh, Stoyanovich in the second qualifying round. In the third round, she played Yui Yuan. Now, a lot of people don't know Yui Yuan. She had won 17 of her last 18 matches and was really good from the baseline um, coming into that match with Baptiste. Um, So that was a really good win, too. And she came back from a set down to do it. Her serve has looked really nice. Um, And I think that, you know, Garcia has been so inconsistent lately. I, I really think that Baptiste has a legitimate shot to win that one. Um, I think she should be, I mean, Garcia, an 83% favorite according to the math. I imagine the odds, and I'm going to look that up as we're talking for Haley Baptiste. I imagine the odds are much, much, much I closer. I think it was plus 185. Plus 185, which is much closer than the percentages. You're right. And that so, even feels like a little, uh, that doesn't, that still feels like it's a little disrespectful. To it, feels a t- it feels a touch high. You definitely, I mean, I agree. We just, given what we haven't seen from Garcia and given Baptiste, I know it was 18 and 21 for her last year, but she comes through qualifying pretty comfortably, and things seem to be clicking for her more so at the, uh, uh, you know, or she played, excuse me, the majority, you know, 125Ks, WTA level events last year. I agree. Baptiste is a dangerous qualifier. And again, she's older than Layla Fernandez. Like, that is not, yeah. I don't, I think Baptiste is particularly well suited for that matchup. She'll be like, please, I've seen Layla my entire junior career. Right. And I, Layla did not, you know, Swiatek played great in that match. And I think it was, it was at Adelaide. Um, but Layla Fernandez looked underpowered and did not, looked like she was in another league compared to Swiatek in a bad way. And so I, yeah, I really think with Fernandez, I'm not so sure that we should expect to, I don't think her U.S. Open is maybe indicative of where her actual long-term level is at. Um, Ooh, I don't know. I actually vehemently disagree. I feel more confident about Fernandez being that good moving forward than Raducanu being that good moving forward because I think Fernandez has always been that good. She was a top-ranked junior. She was one of the leaders of her cohort, and she did win early WTA titles. And yes, that run was totally unexpected, and certainly her reaching her peak for, uh, sooner than expected. But I think she was going to hit that peak. I mean, she's a she. There's just not a lot uh, on the court. Layla Fernandez can't do. It's just a matter of again everything clicking for her physically, and I think it started to. Yeah, you know, I don't really feel good about either of them, to be honest. Okay, that's uh, fair. I, I, 
and, and again, I don't want to be flamed uh, on Twitter, <laughs> whatever. Um, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not going to kiss these buyers. I, I call it as a, um, I don't think that either of them, you know, and it's, they have plenty of young, they have plenty of time, but I think we're going to be looking back in five, 10 years. Like, wow, that was almost like we look back at Ostapenko, uh, that, that type of uh, French open, uh, her win there. Sure. Um, so that's just my opinion. Uh, but yeah, no, for the last one, um, I really am interested, you know, Sabalenka's had 39 double faults in her past two matches. I'm interested to see how she does against Storm Sanders, uh, who is a capable lefty Aussie who's not going to make the match easy for her. Yeah, it, I think, yeah, again, it, with the crowd in particular as well, I think that one's fascinating. I would say Ann Lee versus Shin Yu Wong, very, very fascinating first-round matchup. If Priscilla Hahn can replicate her form against Kvitova, she can absolutely give uh, Von Drusova some work. And then Kirstea Kvitova, speaking of Petra, we don't know how well Petra's going to look here in match number one. Kirstea, always a difficult matchup. Uh, with that said, talk to me about the, about the unseeded players you're watching most closely. Yeah, so a couple. Um, I guess the first one for me is uh, Samsonova. Samsonova. Um, who is hits? Who's really exploded since Wimbledon last, or since the lead up to Wimbledon last year? Plays such great power tennis. Um, if she didn't have to play Madison Keys last week, she could have done a lot better than she even did. Um, so I just want to pause you quickly on that point. Samsonova played excellent in that match, and Keys yeah. just was even better. Like I could not agree with you more. Samsonova comes into this tournament in excellent form. Yeah, no, it's she's really good. Misaki Doi also comes into this tournament with yes, next in form. Um, she beat Kukova a couple weeks ago, um, and that's her first round opponent. But she's not going to make it easy if she plays Petra in the second round. Um, Daria Kazakina and Suyata. This is such a fun section. Both of them come in in pretty damn good form. If we take away Kazakina's loss to Anisimova um, in Adelaide, she's played pretty damn excellent tennis. Um, Suyata. Really, your backhand is looking really good, which was her forehand's always good, but her backhand, uh, when she was ripping through Fernandez, was like, I was like, wow, um, this is just like almost like another level. Um, and then, anyway, oh, and then this is here's a low, can, can I do a low seated player who I'm looking Please. for? Please, okay, Von Drusova, I think, is gonna be a surprise, um, in this tournament. I, lo- I like how she plays on hard courts. She is that lefty, heavy lefty forehand is really good. And it's a shame to Sam Sandova has to play her in the second round um, because I really like, uh, I like both of their games. And I think it, that'll be a really fun second round match. Great contrast. Von Drusova so fluid. The problem is, again, the short angles, the drop shots. Does that, if she's not hitting them well, does that leave a ball short for Sam Sandova to tee off on? And so right. it's a fascinating matchup. I think if Sabalenka does escape round one, I mean, Ann Lee is not an easy... Like, it only gets harder for her after that, and Ann Lee's right. been playing lights-out ball, and she's going to be many people's sleeper pick. You know, everyone, there's going to be the segment. I'll take Ann Lee over Sabalenka, as if it's some revelation with Sabalenka playing I, I at her current thing. level. And so, yeah, like, again, I, I think that's a pretty standard take. I mean, Baptiste is dangerous, for sure. We already talked about her. Sevastova is always going to Sevastova her way, if she can even get through Magda Lynette. I mean, with that in mind, give me the bold take. What do you got happening in this section? Is it that Sabalenka loses first round, something like that? What you got? 
This is finally where you, this is where you get the hot take, okay? Okay. Yeah, buckle up. Uh, I have Von Drusevitz coming out of this section. There. Now we're talking, David. Give me the case. Give me who she's playing. Talk to me about all of it. I just, I think, well, she plays Priscilla Hahn in the first round. I think she's going to, I think Priscilla Hahn's not going to be close to her. I think that she'll redirect enough balls to the Hahn backhand. I think that she's going to be the one controlling the pace of the rallies. Um, second round, like I said, about Sansomna. She, she, that scares me. But I think that Von Drusova's return is underrated. And I think that I, I, I have her coming through that match. I think that it, it, in a baseline exchanges, I, I, I like Von Drusova's game over Sam Sonova's. I don't think Sam Sonova's can be able to push Von Drusova around like she likes to do the other opponents. Um, I have her then playing Ann Lee um, instead of Sabalenka. Uh, Ann Lee's scary. Um, such a great ball striker. Uh I, I, this is where I get a little unsure because then I play have her playing Curver. I mean, I don't really know how this goes, but I just think that Van Druseva is solid. She's steady. She's she's like a rock almost. Her game is transferred to different surfaces. I don't I don't think you know she's best on clay. She's a French Open finalist, but I think she can. You know, we saw at the Olympics she can play on hard court and she can do it at a really high level. And I just I just think that she comes through here even though i think it's really a hairy section no uh, for sure i think if cat if casakina was a section lower not having to play sviantek in round number three i would have her making the second week i do think she's playing that well she's a fun outlier sort of game so athletic so fluid so great at changing directions and using the short angles uh can pop the ball a bit as well i always say female tommy paul or he's the male casakina um I mean, we I just haven't seen Pat. Paris. Sorry, go, go ahead. That's an interesting comparison. I, I I never thought of it that way. Yeah, well, this is what I do with my free time, David. Um, Kvitova, Pavlochenko, I just don't know how well any of them is playing. And so with that in mind, I think Iga gets to the quarterfinals. I just think yep. Iga's a terrible uh, – Kaskina's just – it's a terrible matchup for her with Iga. So I think Iga steamrolls to the quarterfinals. If Sabalenka gets to the quarter, she's getting to the semis because that means she's figured something out, and it's just remarkable. You I know, don't trust her to do that, though. This is what makes me so sad, David, is you take Von Drusova, and I was leaning Von Drusova. You were? I was, which makes oh, me wow. nervous. So oh. I'm going to go Iga. I'm down to Fernandez and Samsonova. I want Fernando. to be different here. See, we I mean, so, yeah, so some, I already took golf. So I'm, I, do I just stay consistent and pick the youngsters, or do I go the big hitting Samsonova who looked really – no, because I think about – you know what? I'm going to go Fernandez. I'm just going to stick with my theme. Youngsters have success here. That's the theme moving forward. But I take Iga to advance to the semifinals. And so, David, with all of that said, we've gone through each of the quarters. Just to recap – for all of our listeners, where things stand. Quarter number one, Barty section. David has Barty over Sakari. I have Osaka over Sakari. Section number two, Krechikova. David has Keys over Krechikova. I have Krechikova over Goff. Section number three, Muguruza section. He's got Conteve over Muguruza. I've got Muguruza. No, I have Conteve over Halep. That was inevitably going to happen. He's got Conteve over Halep. I've got Muguruza 
over Rabakina. Sabalenka quarter, he goes Von Drusova. I love it. Did you say over Iga in the end? Uh, yep, over Iga. Over Iga in the end. I've got Iga over Fernandez. That sets up the quarterfinals. David, semis, finalists, who's taking home the 2022 Australian Open title? Okay. And again, I, I, I'm sure this is all going to go south at some point soon. Um, I have Barty over uh, Keys. I have Contivate over Benjusova. Then I have Barty over Contivate. So you, you're taking Ashley Barty, though. It makes me nervous because I saw her, I think it was last year, completely collapse under the pressure. Um, was it last year? Two, one of the year. I, I'm worried about the pressure, but yes, I think she does it. It's not a bad pick at all. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why if she's not playing her best tennis. I mean, she's proven it. She can, you know, and again, at that point, she'd have three of the four slams under her belt. It's just the U.S. Open next, that career grand slam in uh, in sight. I mean, it's an excellent pick. I don't think anyone would doubt your logic. <sighs> Man. So I'm going to pick Osaka. And again, here's why, because I think if Barty beats Osaka, I think everything I've said is valid, because I think it's going to be one of those two players, and I just happen to think Osaka serve is still the one person who can maximize the Barty weakness. I think Osaka is perfectly tailored to beat Barty. I hope we get that matchup more frequently than we have. They haven't played since 2019, I think, Beijing. Um... I think Osaka wins that matchup, and I just think she's going to go on a run. I mean, she's going to need to play her best tennis to get through the draw, and I think if she's getting through, that means she's playing her best tennis. And so, again, I still think her best is better than everyone else's. I think we get a, not only that Osaka-Barty matchup, I think we get an Osaka-Muguruza rematch in the finals, and I would be extraordinarily <laughs> excited for that as well. I'm going to take Osaka-Muguruza. I, feel, I don't feel excellent about it. But again, I just think Osaka's the best player, and in the end, that's why I roll with her. Final thoughts go to you, David. Um, yeah, no, it's a really exciting tournament, and I really, you know, and it is open. And there, there are probably 10 to 15 players that we can legitimately say have a shot to win the title. Um, and so it's really going to be interesting to see, and I am, I'll be watching <laughs> Yeah, I love to hear it. Well, as always, you know what I'm going to ask you, David. I'm going to dragoon you for at least one mini break podcast over the course of the next two weeks. But more importantly, what can we expect from you? Where can we read all of your work? Oh, man, it's been exhausting. <laughs> I, well, okay, I've done like, I want to say I've done three or five so far uh, Action Network articles. I've done uh, one on my blog, I've done on uh, Corda Nori, which I think is the most fascinating matchup on the men's side. I have done an article on, for Last Word on Tennis on the three qualifier, male qualifiers to watch. And I did, for Popcorn Tennis, the three women's qualifiers to watch. So a lot of content out there if you're interested, but you might not be interested. So that's okay, too. No, I think everyone will be interested, David. And again, we always appreciate you taking the time to come chat with us. And yeah, again, I am sure we will talk more. So as always, my friend, be safe, be healthy. We will chat more soon. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Take care. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hope all of you enjoyed this Australian Open women's singles draw preview with the one and only David Gertler. A thank you to him, as always, for taking the time to chat. I'll tell all of you listeners now, I was planning to do a double draw preview with Jamie McDonald. Our first one went a little bit over. He had some other obligations he had to meet. It was an impromptu ask for David. And as always, he delivered the good. So a huge thank you to him, as always, for taking the time to chat. And if you're not, you should read everything David writes. He is one of the young rising stars in tennis writing. Of course, with all that said... It's Australian Open time, and what are we going to be doing over the next couple of weeks? Recapping each day's action on the Mini Break podcast, offering picks for every day's action on the Great Shot podcast feed. Of course, we'll have match of the day segments for our Crack Rackets Patreon family, as well as we try to provide the coverage we know all of you tennis fans deserve throughout the year's first Grand Slam event. All that coverage going to be available on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Great Shot podcast, Cracked Interviews podcast, and our YouTube channel to ensure that you don't miss out on any of the action. Of course, if you need the immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at A.L. Gruskin. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of editing job he does day in, day out. A shout-out, as well, to our friends at Tennis Point, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all that said, for my fantastic guest, David Gertler, super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I am your host. Alex Gruskin, you know what we say. That's the break, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.